Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Hallelujah. Took about 18 years, but I made it to the Easter. Amen. And also I made it to the church news as well. That's not a bad deal. And uh, such a great joy and a privilege for me to be with every one of you today. And uh, with uh, my dear friends, Pastor Ross and Mary. It's a joy uh, to be with them. And thank God for every one of you. Amen? Well, just wanted to start off with a kind of an imagination, you know. Just I have that all the time. So Jesus died on the cross. Now the dead body is lying there. Now the question is, where are we going to bury him? So everybody thought around and then there was a noble man by name Joseph of Arimathai. And uh, he was a secret disciple of Jesus Christ. And he thought, I will bury him in my tomb. Joseph is one of those very few people who have got their own tombs. Because most of the tombs are being reused all the time. They bury and they get rid of the bones and they bury again. But only the royal people and nobles will have their own tomb. So Joseph had one of his. So he chose to bury Jesus Christ in his own tomb. And Pilate was his friend. They have been in many banquets, like our curry banquet yesterday, you know. And uh, so they know each other. So Joseph goes to Pilate and he tells him, I would like you to give me the permission so that I can bury the dead boy in my tomb. Pilate was shocked. He looked at Joseph and he said, what's wrong with you, Joseph? Do you know about this man? Do you know what your people are talk, talking about him? He is all known as a blasphemer, as a scoundrel, someone who has got no value. Your people hate him and your people kill him. Now what's wrong with you? You got one of those very few tombs that is kept just for yourself. And you're going to mess with the dead body of a scoundrel, of a blasphemer? What's wrong with you, Joseph? Listen to all this very patiently. And then he put a smile on his face. And he said like this, Pilate is only for the weekend. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's only for the weekend. He will leave it clean. There'll be nothing left in my tomb. It'll be brand, brand new as brand that I made it. Because he's going to walk out of the tomb on the third day. Do you like that? Well, no copyright. You can use it whenever you want. Sometimes whenever I want to say this, you know, I always worry about my punchline. <laughs> because if you don't catch it, I look like a fool. <laughs> but you did a good job. 
Thank you so much for that. Friends, I stood here in this church many, many years ago. And this church started to support us and still do. And many of you have come to India. And many of you have uh, become partners with us, supporters of this work. And this work continued to grow. And we still do. And today we have got more than 4,500 churches wow. right across the nation of India. <laughs> I have never been to a Bible college in my life. So I'm kind of jack of all trades. We just wanted to work out the theology or something like that. Don't waste your time with me. Go to Pastor Ross. <laughs> Amen. Because I won't have any, any answer for you. But, you know, to make up for what I missed out in my life, I started 14 Bible colleges. Amen? And we are about to build a 15th Bible college, as I shared you last night. We wanted to build a Bible college in the tribal area of Gujarat, one of the states in India. About 20, 25 years ago, if you would have come to that place, the women hardly wore any clothes. It was so primitive. The gospel went to that place. The Jesus Christ walked through those places. Yeah. And civilization came. Yeah. Jesus changed their lives. Yeah. And people gave their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ. And churches were being started. Yeah. And today I have got about 400 churches in and around that only state wow. in the nation of India. Wow. Amen. We want to build a Bible college. And uh, the fundraising has begun yesterday uh, from our uh, dinner. Well, thanks for not coming because otherwise we would not have had enough. So thank you for staying away from us so that we all enjoyed a nice meal. So thanks, thank you for that. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm getting carried away in Easter. I don't know what I'm going to say today. And uh, we will need about 95 to build that Bible college. But money has started coming from yesterday. Pastor Ross said he will take an offering at the end of this service. He will have an opportunity to give. Given before and you can give again. I want you to give generously. I want you to give sacrificially more than and beyond what you have done before so that the work of God can continue on in the nation of India. Amen? Yeah. Persecution has been very rampant in the nation. Uh, pastors have been killed, not just beaten up, not just their arms and legs broken. Their lives have been taken away from them. Hundreds have been killed and we lost one of them. Uh, one of my young pastors, the pastor, the father of two little kids, he was shot dead point blank three times because he was preaching the gospel. There's another pastor who was kidnapped with his wife into the jungle and he was only given one choice, that is to deny Christ and you can go home. And they said to the wife, if your husband will not deny Christ, we will cut his head off before your eyes. They thought that it may not happen. 
And they said, no, we will never deny Christ. No matter what, we will stand for Christ until the end of our life. And one of the guys took a machete and they were right. They cut his head off in front of his wife. Cut his body into pieces. Showing their hatred for Christianity. And they gave their life. I look after that, this wife and three children. And we are, we are taking care of them. Doing the same thing for the other pastor. But they lay down their lives. You know, this is not a story. It's not a book. This is happening real in the nation of India. They are saying that they have got a prize over my head. Uh, pretty good price because I'm a kind of a good leader, you know. So it is it's a little bit higher than the normal uh, local pastor. So if I'm not able to raise money, I'm going to ask them to kill me so I can get some money. What do you think? <laughs> but anyway, I'm in God's hands. I've been so close to death several times. They put their guns, they put the gun into my mouth, and they said they're going to blow my head off. Well, my head is still there. And uh, they're trying to drown me in the river, baptizing the people. You know, God just froze them like dummies, and I walked out from there. And God's hand was there every time. And I believe that I'm planning to hang around here as long as Harvey Bay Bayside Church likes me. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that my life is safe in God's hands. And I believe that I'm planning to hang around as long as God wants me to be here. Maybe one day the Lord might tell me, hey, after all, you didn't do a bad job. Come home. Well, if he ever says that to me, I promise you that I will never ask for an extension. <laughs> Who wants to hang around this lousy place anyway? <laughs> Amen. And uh, so here we are. So every time when I come, I, I challenge every one of you. Many of you have, is there anybody who have never heard me before? Would you please raise your hands? Thanks for coming. I know you did not know that I was preaching, but thank you that you're here. <laughs> but we have shut the door. You cannot get out until I'm finished. So that's that deal. Okay. And uh, so one of the needs that we have. Well, one of the most important needs we have is to find a sponsor for a pastor and family. You know, pastors, when I talk about these are all men who have given their life for Jesus Christ. I'm talking about heroes in the kingdom. And people who do not have basic needs of life. You can make a difference. You know, your pastor support us. You know, Pastor Ross, Pastor Peter, they have been supporting us for years. They're getting tired of me. But... I'm coming back again. So what can you do? You know? So I, I couldn't bring all of them with me to make them to stand here like the baptism thing. So you could have seen them, but it cost a lot of money. So I brought their photographs with me. And we're going to spread it out there. And um, my friend's wine and his dear wife. And uh, they are going to there. There'll be a table right in front of the door that will not let you go out unless you sign up one. That's a good deal, right? No, we don't do that. So we want you to think about it and pray. 
you know, I'm asking you to give me $2 a day because we need $60 a month to support a pastor, his wife with two, three kids. And um, what can you get for $2? Nothing here. But that $2 will make such a big difference in India. You know, your $2 a day will put a roof over their head, put one meal on the table. They'll be there in a place where the, nobody wants to preach. No one has got a church. And they're to establish the church and bring people to the Lord. That's a good investment for $2. Amen? Ask yourself, how can you help? And if the Lord speaks to you, don't walk away. Don't walk through that door. Walk through this door. Because that's where they're standing. Amen? And sign up and do the best for us. And you can make a difference to those pastors as you will take up that card and say, I'll give you $2 a day. We look for orphans. We need a dollar a day to take care of the orphans. And we need about 375 bicycles. It costs about $120 a bicycle. And so many needs are there. There's a bunch of uh, brochures are there. You can get a hold of it, look at it, and do whatever you can. And give a generous offering for me today so I can take it back with me on this Easter Sunday. Amen? Yeah, yeah. I think that's enough speaking. Can I preach? Yes. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Three people are wanting it. <laughs> All the rest of you can go and sign up and go home. <laughs> Today I want to talk to you a message that God has been putting in my heart for several days. I'm still trying to put it in a shape of a message. And I want to share with you what I will call the power of declaration. Or the power of your speech, your, your confession. What can it do? Do I need the power of declaration? Do I need to learn how I should speak? And what difference it will make? And that's what I want to share with you today. Amen? Yeah. And I want you to look at, you know, there's such a big problem, you know, like when you're preaching, this, you should find a verse and read that so that it will sound like a message. Otherwise people think, what is he? He doesn't know how to preach. So let me read a verse for you so you'll feel good about that. <laughs> is it okay? I could preach without that, but that will help. So we'll read in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45. And then David said, Sometimes people look over my head and I don't like that. Because first of all, I never knew why you don't like, why my face is that bad. And then, of course, I found out that people read it from there. Anyway, it's okay with me now. So, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45, I read, Then David said to the Philistine, the Goliath, the giant, is not written, he's making it happen, right? And you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. I'm talking about my message is the power of declaration. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Power of your time. What difference that's going to make in our life? Amen? Here is David, the shepherd boy, has been sent to look after his brothers. Three of them were in the army of Saul. And they were fighting against the Philistines. And the Philistine has got a giant. He's about 10 feet tall and huge. 
army of Saul saying, if any one of you will come and fight me and kill me, we will be your slaves. And vice versa. If I kill you, then you'll become my slaves. Everybody was petrified. Nobody wanted to fight him. Everybody is hiding. And this was the scenario. Here comes the shepherd boy David with some, some food to eat for his brothers. As he came and as he was giving the food, he could hear the man standing on the other side and cursing. Not only the people of God, but cursing God himself. And he turned around to his brothers. He said, did you listen to that? He said, yeah. I said, why don't you fight? He's calling you to fight. And they said, get back, you shepherd boy. What do you know about fighting? So he, he missed out on them. He walked around different soldiers and he said to them, hey, why don't you fight? The guy is challenging you. But nobody wants to fight. And finally David thought, okay, none of you want to fight? The moment he said that they took the king's chamber and they told him, there's a guy who wants to fight. Saul said, okay, what is your credential? He said, well, I killed a lion. A lion came after my, my sheep and I killed the lion. Another time a bear came, I killed it. So Saul thinks, what the heck? Put him on. Take on to my armor. It's too heavy. So he walks down and he takes a sling that he's used to. And he picked up five stones in his hands. The question is, why did he pick up five stones? Is that because one or the third one? Well, it's not going to happen. Because Goliath says like this, you come to fight against me? Do I look like a dog? You come and I'm going to tear your body into pieces. And I'm going to give that flesh to the birds of the sky. That's what he would do if you missed the first shot. Then the question is, hey, why are you picking up these five stones? David says, because I've got a prophetic message for that guy standing out over there. And what is the message? Message is this. This guy has got four brothers. So what I'm going to do is this first stone is for you. And the second one is for your brother. The third one is for the other one. I'm going to kill every one of you. Amen? And he took that sling and put, it, put the stone on it and started running. He's running towards Goliath and this is what he said in verse 45. And he said, you come against me with sword, spear, javelin. You're such a big deal. But he said, I'm coming against you, but I don't have a sword. I don't have a spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God of Israel that you defile. Amen. Power of declaration. Amen. Everybody is frightened now. A shepherd boy is running with a sling in his hands. And he's sitting on the throne till that time. But when he, heard, he, he mentioned the Lord God of Israel, God stood up from the throne. And he looked down and he saw David running towards Goliath. And he's shouting and he's saying, I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And God looked down and said, I like that. I'll take it from here. Come on, let's do it, boy. Come on, take that sling. Keep going and we'll get that guy. Come on, take that. Let it go. Let that stone go. And he took it and slammed it on the only spot that was left out on the forehead and hit him and threw him down dead. Amen? And David cut the head off 
is this guy and he walked out from there and the women sang that uh, Saul killed a thousand but David killed 10,000. Amen? The power of declaration. Amen? Doesn't matter who your enemy is. Doesn't matter how strong he is. Doesn't matter what he is about to do. But all you need to do is open your mouth and confess the power of God in your life. Confess that who your God is. Confess that what you can do through this God. Can you say a little amen for that please? Thank you. Amen. He killed them. There's another story in the book of Judges. You read that in chapter 6, the, the story of Gideon. He himself threshing in the wine press. He was frightened of the Midianites. And this time, God sent his angels. And the angel is making a declaration to Gideon. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You read that in, in chapter 6, verse 12. And the angel says to Gideon, Hey, you mighty man of valor. He said, where is he? I'm hiding, man. I'm hiding. I'm doing things that nobody will do that. And you're calling me the mighty man of valor? He said, that's what it is. You're going to change your life. You're not going to be a, a frightened man anymore. You're not somebody to be, to be full of fear, but I'm going to change your life today. You're going to become a mighty man of valor from the time where, from the place where you're nobody. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You know, the story that Gideon received that into his spirit. Amen? Yeah. God said, you lead the people. And I'm going to prove it to you that you are the mighty man of valor. Started out with 32,000 men. God said, for a mighty man, this is too much. Cut it off. And then put on to the test and 22,000 men went back and 10,000 left. God said, it's still too much. Put through the test again and he was left with 300 men. God said, it looks good now. Go and fight the battle. And the battle was strange. It was not fighting with swords and all that because God went with them. And God said, I'm going to prove it to them that I am made a mighty man of valor in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Gideon became a mighty man of valor because he received that message, the declaration from God. He received it in his spirit and he said, I'm going to be one. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. What about your life today? You're frightened of your life. You're frightened of facing your future. But today the word of the Lord is coming and saying to you, where are you hiding in the wine press, man? Get out of that place because I look at you as a mighty man of valor. Amen. Hallelujah. You are a mighty man of valor. In Proverbs chapter 18 verse uh, 21, or the vice versa, whatever it is. It says, it says, life and death are in the power of your tongue. Which is the right verse? 1821 or 2118? Whatever that is, it is in Proverbs somewhere anyway. You believe me. 1821, I was right. Oh my God. <laughs> and those who love it will eat its fruit. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. 
don't say bad words don't speak negative words because that will make it to happen life flows from your tongue and death will also flow from the same tongue you make the choice which fruit that you want to eat in your life amen i believe that if we are sensible we will want to speak life don't you think we will be so stupid to speak death but that comes from this little member of your body that can change everything in your life amen life and death we want life speak life speak life in your children speak life in your business speak life in your future speak life in every situation of your life let life flow amen Jesus says I am the resurrection and life. Yes, yes. Amen. Yes. That's what he is. That's what we should be. Amen. Yes. Three things will happen when we start using the power of declaration, okay? I'm going to try to do it as quick as possible. Three things will happen. Number 1, you aim your future. Amen. your declaration will frame your future you read hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 it gives you the definition of faith and what does it say it says now faith is the substance of the things that are hoped for and the evidence of things that are not seen amen what does it means there is something and the faith that is in you is going to make it happen right. amen yeah. it is a yeah. substance of the things that you're hoping for yeah. amen yeah. it is the evidence of the things that are not seen amen yeah. hallelujah yeah. so your declaration your speech your confession of your mouth will frame amen yeah. before that your your future is all mumbling and your declaration will put it together and give it to you in your hands on a platter amen mark chapter 11 verse 23 says if you will ask the lord anything by faith you should receive that in your heart by faith and then you shall have it amen so the future is when that will happen in reality but your confession today it will make it to re- receive in your spirit yeah. amen yeah. it all begins here before it can ha- happen over there amen yeah. it is your mouth it's a confession that's going to make it to happen my dear friends it'll it'll frame your future yeah. amen yeah. hallelujah number 2 your declaration will will unlock your destiny amen every one of us has got a destiny in our life amen yeah. but your declaration will unlock your destiny yes do you know your destiny do you want to get there yes. start speaking out your destiny yeah. amen yeah. your declaration will unlock your tongue is so small but it can turn the course of your life it's just like james says you know it's just like a small radar that can turn the ship so big 
Because likewise your tongue can turn and take you to the place where you belong. Your destiny. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Number three, your declaration will bring forth the truth in your life. You'll find the truth in your life through your declaration. Amen? Yeah. Psalm 23, verse 3 and 4. It says like this, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, because thou art with me, and your rod and your staff, they will comfort me. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death. Amen? And he is confessing, the truth is, I'll come out of that. That's the truth. I am walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But the truth is, I won't fear. Because you are with me. Yeah. And your rod and your staff, they're comforting me. Why should I? How many of you have read this verse? Please raise your hands. Psalm 23. If you're not, you're going to send you to the children's church. Okay? Well, you don't fit in this place. I should not be like this. I'm losing my offering, by the way. I'm just talking bad things. Man. Have you ever thought? He says, though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death. How will you get a shadow? If I'm walking this way, and if there is a shadow in front of me, which says there's a light behind me. You hear me? So when you're walking, you're only walking through the shadow of the valley of death. That means there's a light somewhere. Amen? There's a light shining through somewhere. And that is what you're seeing as a shadow. Don't be frightened of the shadow because there's a light out there. And that is going to lead you and get you out of this valley of death and he'll bring you to the place where you're going to enjoy God's presence in your life. Amen? So I'm pleased that you clapped your hands. I don't know why, but it sounds good to me. Amen? Hallelujah. That's what the three things will happen when we use the power of declaration. Amen? Are you getting tired? Can I say a few more things? Is that okay? Well, the time is up. We should be going to the baptism service. When you're having the baptism service, I'll be having my famous dinner fish and chips. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me say, we need to do three things in our life. Make three declarations that we should do in our life, okay? And we'll do it quickly. Number one, you should make a declaration from freedom over the past. That's number one. You listening? Freedom over the past. We all sang, we read the verse, 
which says in 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 it says like this if any man is in Christ he's a new creation all the old things are passed away and all things have become new the only problem is we don't believe that do we because we carry half of the baggage of the old and the other half of the new and we don't know what to use when. That's our problem. But we have to realize when Jesus set us free, when you became in him, when he took over your life, he said like this, all the old things are passed away. Amen? Yeah. Not just the little things of the past, not the real bad things are still hanging around. No. He says all the old things have passed away. Amen. It is gone. It is not kept aside there. It's an amazing God we have. And you know God says, He says when I forgive your sin, I will forget your sin. I'll throw that into the depth of the sea. And I will remember that no more. Amen. How many of you had this thing? The devil comes and whispers in your ears. Of course, Jesus has forgiven all your sins. But that one. You know the one that you did in 2016. That was a horrible thing. I don't think that Jesus has forgiven that one. Everything else is gone. And you go on your knees. And you're fasting for three days because you want to get rid of this horrible sin out of your life. And you're praying and crying and telling the Lord. And the Lord says, why are you praying? What is your problem? And he said, Lord, I know that you forgave all my sin. But that 2016, that one, you remember that? He said, which sin? What 2016? I look at your life, it is kind of a clean slate with nothing written on it. I do not remember your sin anymore. Amen? Then why do we fight the past? The problem is the devil is bringing the past before us. Amen? He's lining up this past and telling us, look at this, look at this. No, 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 no. You won't make it to him. You're stuck here standing on the edge. No, there's no edge between you and Jesus. It's a plain ground you walk across there. Amen? You know why the devil is talking about the past? The reason is, he has got nothing new to talk about you. All the new things are good things. He doesn't say that. He wants to talk about the bad things of the past. You should ask him, tell me something new for a change, please. <laughs> Tell me what happened to me last week. Tell me about who am I in Christ. He has got nothing, nothing, nothing. Amen. All things are new. Hallelujah. Amen. In uh, Romans chapter 8 or John chapter 8 verse 36. It says, <laughs> I'm getting all confused. You know, it says, if that's when the sun sets you free. Do you know that verse? When the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Amen? What does that mean? What does that mean, free indeed? 
Free is not good enough? Why should I have a free indie deal? Have you ever thought about that? What does it mean being free indeed? I'll tell you an example. This famous murderer just staying in the prison for life and he broke the jail and he jumped out of that. Changed his clothes. He's wearing clothes like everybody else. He has gone to a different town. He's sitting in a in a coffee shop and drinking a coffee. And that guy is not in the prison anymore. He's free. But the only problem is he's not free indeed. You hear me? Because he is looking behind his back all the time. Because he is in fear. He is petrified because he is not free indeed. Because it's a freedom that Jesus is offering you and me. Amen? Can you say amen to that please? Number two. You should make a declaration of peace over your Amen? Peace over your problems. Friends, you remember the story of the disciples in the boat? You know? Every storm that you go through in your life that will always give you a new revelation of Jesus Christ. Every storm that you and I go through our life, hear me today, is good for you because that will give you a new revelation of Jesus. Amen? They were in the storm, the storm came and they were waking up Jesus and they said, Lord, we are dying, you don't care. And Jesus stood up and he said, he, he scolded them. He said, you faithless generation. And then he cursed the storm. And the Bible says the storm subsided. There was calm in the sea. Amen. And they said like this, what kind of a man is he? Even the wind and the storm obey him. They never knew that before. They never knew that this man can calm the wind. This man can curse the storm. This man can set you free. They didn't know that, but that storm gave them a new revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen? You will not be finished in your storm. Jesus will give you a new revelation of him for you. Amen? A number, what is, what's the number now? Okay, let me close your Bible, mind so that you'll feel happy because the preacher is done. He has closed his Bible. I'm not looking at it much, but it's okay. The third one is your declaration of hope over your future. Amen? Declaration of hope over your future. What is the hope you have in your life? Are you still getting upset about all the little things that goes wrong? Are you still complaining that you don't have a future? Are you still worried about the things that are going wrong? What are you feeling in your heart? What is your hope? What is your future? We read like this in Corinthians, he says, The eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, 
and it has not given gone through your mind what god has got for you in store that is your future amen not what you know not what you see not what you heard is far greater and far more than anything that you have known it says your future is something that is not you have not even imagined in your life amen in ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 we read something like this you know he will give us something far more than what we can ask far more than anything that you can ever think of for more that's your future that's your future amen hallelujah when you and i make the declaration the power of our declaration is a deafening thing for the devil devil does not we want to hear when you declare the devil doesn't like you to your confession the power of declaration speaking about your freedom speaking about your future speaking about the peace of god in your life the devil doesn't like it and it is time for us to silence him today we are here to tell him you're done devil you're finished you're not playing with me anymore i'm not going to fop of you anymore because i believe in a god who is greater than you are i believe in a god who is greater than wonderful and i'm going to love him i'm going to walk with him i'm going to glorify his name stand with me please let's pray together stand with me hallelujah hallelujah oh the power of god is here that the day of resurrection on the day of easter the lord wants you to set us free today he doesn't want you to be in bondage anymore He doesn't want you to walk with your head down anymore. You don't want to say to yourself I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. But God is not you're not done because I am not done with you yet. And God says I'm going to do great things in your life. I'm going to set your life free. And I want you to make you different. Amen. Do you want to be like David? Do you want to be like Gideon? Do you want to be somebody will bring life through your tongue what do you want to be today the power of god is here the presence of god is here time for us to let go of the past time for us to tell the devil enough is enough i'm done with you thank you for joining us the basic christian church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of jesus christ If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.basechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Basechristianchurch.